what's up? Welcome to the OKB's OK podcast, episode 18. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelia, and joining me this week is a very special guest. Not Ian, but Alexandru. Did I? So, I've met you before. I've talked to you before. I probably yeah. asked you this before. Did I pronounce your name right? Alexandru? Yes, you did. Actually, that's impressive. Uh, most people screw that up. They try to uh, finagle the ER in there somehow because they think mm-hmm. it's a typo, or they call me Alexandra because they think the U was a miss. Uh, a, which, I see that. I can yeah, see. Yeah. So, nope. Nice. Alexandra. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's Romanian. I'm Romanian. I was born there. So, nice. Uh, Alexandru Felker. Correct. Right. Correct. Nice. Last Do you go by Alex Welsh. or Andrew? Huh? Do you go by Alex or Andrew? Oh, I go by Alex. Alex. Okay. Uh, so Alex Felker, and you said it's Welsh. Yeah, my my last name is Welsh. My first name is Romanian, and I'm an American. So. Nice. Yeah, I feel so you're from very all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, this episode right now, I feel like is a good representation. Actually, this podcast usually is a good representation of like international, like being international or being like from all over the world. Because I'm Nigerian, uh, I I was born and I I've grown up in America. I lived in Nigeria for a couple of years, uh, but I've lived for the most part uh, in America. So I'm Nigerian American, right? Uh, and I and I used to live in the middle of the country, and now I live in Seattle, which isn't which is not the middle of the country. Uh, you're like everything. Uh, Ian, who is my co-host, who can't be here this week because um, it's apparently his girlfriend bought him a vacation or something. I don't know. Something's weird. Ever since he had a girlfriend, though, that dude's been living like the good life and has been getting out there uh, and doing crazy things. But he he's a white dude from Jersey who now lives in Japan. Uh, and so usually this show this show is a pretty good example of of I feel like diversity and in in getting different tastes of people everywhere that sounds weird the way i phrased it but uh yeah uh so where might people know you from alex um right now i'm just uh i try to uh insert myself into the kind of funny community uh right now i don't have i have a project in the works um and i'll be releasing it with my uh with my good friend cam here Mm -hmm. ideally sometime in january that's our that's our tentative launch date uh, but that's uh, th- that's really what you'll uh, w- and we'll plug that. Um, but you can you can find me on Twitter, which is literally at Alex to the Andrew. So that's uh, A L E X T O T H E A N D R U. Find me nice. on Twitter. Um, actually, really surprised. So I I actually learned because I I hated my Twitter handle. I tried to get lost in thought. Because that's what I am. I have terrible ADD, so I just space out mm. all the time. Um, but I couldn't, so I threw in a random hyphen. Uh, not a hyphen, an underscore. And the problem was, is I never actually remembered where that underscore was. So anytime I needed to tell my fr- oh, wow. friend my uh, uh, my Twitter, I'd have to like go and look at my Twitter and be like, shit, where's that underscore? So I finally went in mm. and I learned you can change your Twitter handle. I'm like, that's awesome. So I changed it to got Alex to the Andrew, which is really cool. Um I'm not the only Alexandria in the world. I know that much. Uh, so nice. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, for those listening, uh, well, actually, first of all, I wanted uh, to give a shout out. So, kind of funny. If you don't know what kind of funny is and you're listening, uh, kind of funny is they're like they're a YouTube channel, and actually, probably the probably most of the guests I get on this show um, are part of like the kind of funny community, uh, which is basically like the community of fans that, uh, of people that are in into kind of funny. Uh, which I'm one of those people. Uh, I'm not one of the kind of funny people. I'm one of the kind of funny fans. Uh, and so, like, I, I think it's it's 
it's a pretty awesome community of people. I feel like a lot of people tend to know each other, and I feel like that's the power of social media nowadays. Like, I prob like in if it was two thousand seven or whatever, like I probably wouldn't know like anybody for, like off the internet. Um, because like I'm not really into forums that much. I've probably been a part of like one or two forums, and I feel like uh, beyond forums, like back in the day, there wasn't much opportunity to like get to know people, um, especially people who are as like-minded or as into like a very specific thing or a very specific piece of content um and so yeah it's cool thank you so much for coming on uh it's gonna be a good show i can already feel it yeah Uh, for those listening remember that the ok beast podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world we are the official podcast of okbeast.com if you like the show subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice Visit okbeast.com and follow at okbeastnow on Twitter. Um, you can also rate us on iTunes. And so this episode, I want to do something special. Uh, for those listening, I want to do a giveaway. Um, and I'm going to do a giveaway because I have the power to, because I have a code, um, a game code, specifically the Oceanhorn Steam code. So if you, have a, if, you, if you have a Steam account, if you're into PC gaming, um, I have a code for Oceanhorn. And I want to give it to, to a random random reviewer. Um if you rate us on iTunes, uh, I'll pick somebody on at random who does that um, and make sure they get a Steam code. Uh, it'll probably be, I'll probably have to like search or something, maybe like leave your Twitter in your review or something. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you give us one star or if you give us five stars. As long as you review, um, you'll be entered uh, to win. And so uh, do that. Uh, make sure you listen to the next episode because I'll read off the winner. Um, and that way... You can either reach out to me or I'll reach out to you uh, so I can get you uh, your code for Oceanhorn or not Oceanhorn, Oceanhorn on Steam. And if you don't know what Oceanhorn is, it looks really cool. It's like a Zelda, uh, I want to say a Zelda spiritual successor, but it's more than that. It's like, it's a, it's a it's Zelda It's defined as a Zelda-like. Like, that's what they've defined it as. Really? Yeah, they, they call it a Zelda-like, which I'm all down, I'm all for. I'm waiting for it to come out on Vita. I don't know if it has yet. Um, I, I am one of those uh, yeah. like 12 people in the world who owns one, um, yeah. a Vita that is. Oh yeah. This is a, this is a Vita podcast. Like me and my, uh, me and Ian both have, both have Vitas. I think we've only played like persona on them though. Yes. Um, I, 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 I'll, I'll one up you there. I have a PS TV. Oh wow. Really? That's what I play persona on. Cause for some reason, wow. JRPGs for me, I can't play on something handheld. I have to play it on a actual console. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Weird, huh. weird thing. For I'm me. the I'm the exact opposite, and I think it's because of Pokemon. I think Pokemon's ruined me. Where like I cannot play a JRPG on console. Like I I almost refuse to. Like I have to have it like on the go, which is why I'm scared for Persona Five to come out because I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to play it. Oh, um, so bummed. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like man, a Zelda like I feel like Zelda like is almost too like generous because like if you look at uh, I was gonna say a Metroid like, but they call them Metroidvanias. If you look like a, look at a Metroidvania, like Guacamelee is a Metroidvania, and then I guess Axiom Verge also is a Metroidvania. But Axiom Verge is, is like a lot more similar to Metroid, but with like Oceanhorn. Oceanhorn is just kind of straight up, just like basically Zelda. From what I've seen and heard, I haven't I haven't played it. Um, yeah, same here. I haven't played it. I I honestly would say it's basically a a in, in the most respectful of ways a dumbed down zelda mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah so. 
so let's get into what we've been up to this week. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since a sort of traditional episode of OK Beast. Um, last week's episode was the Extra Life episode, uh, the episode we did live from Extra Life 2016, um, which was fun. And the week before that, um, was uh, the week before that we didn't even have, even have an episode because I was at Extra Life. Um, and so as far as what I've been up to this week, um, or let me say since last episode, as far as what I've been up to since last episode, um, I've done Extra Life, of course. Um, which if you're not familiar with what Extra Life is, uh, please get familiar because it's, it's a very cool thing. Uh, Extra Life is basically a 24-hour uh, gaming marathon that gamers do um, in order to raise money for uh, the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So it's basically a fundraising event. Uh, and yeah, me and my uh, friend Alex Van Aken, uh, we did like a cool competition kind of thing. Uh, and we stayed up for 24 hours uh playing video games uh against one another and with with one another uh and yeah we raised money and it was fun uh and so i think we're gonna have parts of that uh uploaded to youtube uh if people want to check that out uh alex have you done extra life or have you, have you have you um participated in any any extra life kind of activity no i haven't i want to um that's that's my goal for next year uh that our uh that cam and i's little endeavor will be big enough that we'll be able to garner some sort of following that will help us and donate towards us. I have, I have a huge place in my heart for kids and especially kids who are, you know, suffering through something as terrible as be it cancer, childhood leukemia, mm -hmm. anything like that. So to help kids in, in that kind of way, I'd, I'd love to, and to do it in something that I actually feel like I'm half decent at, which is video games. Um, I, I'd love to. And so for me, it's definitely on my bucket list, something I want to do, something that I'm going to do. So, mm-hmm pretty nice. excited for that yeah i and i definitely recommend like if anybody's listening and thinking about getting involved i definitely i definitely like recommend it uh i had like one person who or I had quite a few people actually like i had my extra life sweatshirt on um and i was wearing it uh in public uh and like i had a couple of people ask me like okay what is it, what like what's with the extra life thing uh and i was kind of trying to explain to them like oh yeah i do like a 24-hour video game marathon and they look so confused um, they're like you're doing you're playing video games 24 hours to raise money and, and i'm like yeah and i stream it online and they i i, I feel like to like the regular uh person who might be kind of oblivious to uh video game culture or streaming culture or youtube gaming or whatever you want to call it uh it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing but it's always fun depending on who you're explaining it to uh to kind of break it down because like i got two reactions one of the reactions was discussed um and not necessarily discussed but it's like just like people being surprised uh that this is a thing and they're like well raising or or kind of they had a couple of people try to like deny that it was like a like comparable to running a marathon or something like that um and i try to break it down uh but then like the, uh, the other kind of reaction uh i got was like people being like yo that's so awesome or that's so dope or oh can i do can i join you um, and you will, you will always get people being like, dude, can I join you? And it's also, it's always like an awesome thing of being like, oh dude, uh, totally. If you want to swing by in this, this case, since I flew to Colorado, I can really have any friends to swing by. Um, but on a regular, like if I was staying in Seattle or if I was staying at home, um, having people come by and swing by and kind of hang out with you and kind of get involved, um, in this fundraising event, it's always a fun thing. It's always a cool thing. It's, it's a good community building thing. Um, it's a good, it's a good friendship building thing too. And so, 
uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it. If you want to check out more information about uh, the Extra Life event that I did with Alex Van Aken, uh, you, should he- you should head to extralife.org uh, slash participant slash Alex V. Bless. Um, that URL will take you to our fundraising page. If you want to donate, we, um, we, we had a goal of $1,500. Uh, we raised $1,501, and so we, we hit $1 over our goal. Um, and I have over. a couple people. Oh, yeah. And we have a couple people uh, still wanting to donate. And so we're going to exceed that. Uh, but, yeah, it was a very successful event. It was it was fun. Um, apart from that, uh, I've been playing a few games. Of course, I had all the games that I played at Extra Life. Uh, the only one I want to talk about, though, or there's two I want to talk about. Her first one being Overcooked. Uh, Alex, have you played Overcooked? I have. I've actually played it with my wife, and we learned we can't play that game. <laughs> Amazing uh did, did it just get frustrating after a while yeah it did it did i i'm the type of person where she, like she was like oh we completed the level i'm like we did not get three stars though yeah so we didn't complete the level <laughs> and she's like you've got to be shitting me we're not doing this <laughs> so yeah like i me and alex i think me since me and alex are of course both like gamers so we're both like we're gonna get the three stars um and we played with actually four people and that was actually some of those some, some of those frustrating one of the most frustrating experiences i've had while playing a game uh because i haven't played with two players and so i don't know how it's like with two players but playing with four players can get really maddening because uh, if you're not familiar with this game overcooked it's basically a co-op, co-op um cooking game where you have orders that you're making you playing in like these you play in these different kitchens and these kitchens are just like in the worst of environments um you could be playing like during an earthquake or or uh one of the kitchens i played in uh was like rearranging um every few seconds as i was as we were trying to cook um these different uh dishes or whatever and um everything is very fast paced and so you're trying to you're trying to make the orders before they go away and stuff like that so you can get the most amount of money so you can get the most points and get three stars the thing about playing with four people is that everybody there's never like you can't you can't go three seconds out without running into somebody else um especially because like there are a lot of like tight spaces depending on which map you're on and so it's it's a test in like communication and a test in friendship and a test in in keeping from getting frustrated and keeping from getting very angry at people uh because i'm not i'm i'm a very chill person i'm very relaxed i don't get really hyped up um in very uh high pressure situations uh but i do when other people do and so like there are like a couple other people that are like getting like dude you got to make this make this do this do that do that and i didn't fully understand understand all the rules of the game up to this moment and so i'm kind of just like okay okay let me let me do what i can to help and then like the more tense somebody else got the more tense i get then it kind of bounces back and forth like that it's a very it's a very intense game depending on who you're playing if you're playing with somebody who is good at communication um and is in and is able to like keep their eye on many things and keep up with many things um at the same time as you uh i think you'll have a good experience uh otherwise i think you'll still have a good experience but it just might be difficult uh but that's the game we played not that was cool so i I wanted to give it a shout out um i also played my name is mayo during that extra life stream (laughs) which is a one dollar game um on the playstation network and the whole game is basically you uh pressing x for like however long uh, to tap a jar of mayo have you 
I'm I'm sure I know you've heard of uh, My oh. Name Is Mayo, Alex. Since oh. you I, you were just laughing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely. I've heard of it. My name is Mayo. Um, in a game standpoint, I think it's a terrible game. I think it's a <laughs> terrible thing that happened to gaming. From mm-hmm. a business and marketing standpoint, it's freaking genius. Yeah, because it's like a twenty. I, it's yeah. like a buck for two platinums. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, if you're into trophies, I think it's like it's probably a steal. But also, if you're into trophies, I feel like it's almost like a cheat trophy. Of like, it's not. It's not a word. It's not a worthy trophy for you to get, or platinum trophy. Yeah, I've never I mean, understood. You- I've never understood the idea of a worthy platinum because, and, and granted, and this is probably an instance where it's it's so easy to get to that platinum. But at the same time, I just feel like it's kind of like people on i know like i know people in real life who brag about their reddit score like they're like i have this much karma and i'm like who cares about your Mm. fake internet points who cares about your fake trophies but i understand that to a lot of people it is really it's important and 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 i can't even say that i'm particularly like uh, absolved of this because i have the bloodborne platinum and that took Mm. more time and hours and controllers than i wanted it to like it was just such a pain and so but i felt very rewarded upon receiving that specific trophy but at the same time i I get people wanting the platinum it's something shiny we're human we're attracted to shiny objects Eh. yeah i feel you uh like the only platinums i have are rocket league which i'm somewhat proud of that that platinum it was kind of easy uh but at the same time it did take time and effort and Rocket League is a game I really love. Uh, it's probably my favorite game of last year, and so that, that's why that's kind of why I'm proud of that platinum. Uh, Shadow of Mordor um, is another one I have, and that's like that was my first platinum, uh-huh. um, and I'm kind of proud of that one because that's a game I really liked. It's not like one of my favorite games ever, but I really really enjoyed that game. Uh, that was really cool, and I really had fun with it. And the fact that I got that plat, <coughs> the fact that I beat that game and i was like i don't want to stop playing this game even even though i'm like pretty much done with it and i saw the platinum i was like i guess this is the thing i could do um and got it i feel like that's a testament to how good that game is um and yeah that's that's one that like i'm somewhat proud of more so because i'm proud of the game for keeping me for keeping me invested rather than i'm proud of my ability to get the platinum because that one was also probably somewhat easy if if i got it then that means it's easy because i'm not i'm not really a, a trophy hunter kind of person um and then i also have uh tales from the borderlands which only only takes you beating the game to get that platinum usually telltale games you just have to complete the story um yeah which is kind of crazy i didn't realize it till i got it and i was like oh i got the platinum uh now that was a very that was a very weird moment but i'm not i'm not too proud of that one i mean i it's not like i did anything bad or i like cheated to earn it but i got it i was like i don't really i feel like i don't deserve this like i feel platinum trophies are a thing you you have and the and things a thing that you show off to like say like hey this is a game and i put like the time and effort into this game um for whatever reason either because i appreciate it or because i hold it on that kind of pedestal uh, or because i want to show that i'm like great at it or whatever uh and so like with my name is mayo like i i started and i got like probably like halfway through clicking um basically to, to get the platinum in that game you just had to like click for however long um, and click with like different settings on, I think. And so, uh, I got like halfway and I was streaming it because I thought it was going to be a fun, interesting thing to stream because I didn't know what it entailed, but I got to a certain point in that game where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, one, because it was boring 
too because it's a clicking game right with the, which is a whole genre right there's a whole genre of clicker games right and their game like they you just click, click like if you're if you're interested or if you um if you're familiar with cookie clicker uh that was a pre- pretty popular one a couple years ago and cookie clicker is another like clicking game it's a browser game um and it's way better than my name is mayo uh even though it's not necessarily a good game either but the idea of clicking games is that uh these games sort of take advantage of of uh i guess the endorphins in your mind in your brain or whatever like uh that feeling of progression and that feeling of of gaining uh numbers it it takes advantage of that and just turns that it turns that one mechanic into a whole game and so like cookie clicker was awesome because um you click this cookie right to get cookies but that at a certain point like at like 10 clicks or 100 clicks or whatever you can use the points you have to buy um an item that allows you to increase or to that allows that allows um the the cookie to be clicked automatically um and so at a certain point you're just automatically gaining cookies and then the more and more you do that the more and more you get the abilities to to buy other abilities which then raise the the frequency at which you're clicking at, w- at which uh, you're auto clicking the cookie or uh make every click worth 10 clicks or different things like that and so that they they have different ways of messing with that kind of like function in your head of like oh i'm making progression oh i'm doing more oh i'm like at a certain point it's just like millions and millions and trillions and trillions of numbers on the screen of how much you're gaining um even though there's not really much to it other than making a number on the screen raise uh my name is mayo is in that same genre of game except it doesn't really i don't think it has any like like the automatic like it doesn't have any rewards doesn't have any well it has rewards it has costumes for the jar of mayo which is it's funny but um it doesn't really ha- it doesn't really do anything mechanically it's just you clicking a jar of mayo and then rewarding you uh with a costume and then you just doing it's there's no like there's no gamification to it uh which is uh pretty upsetting and i, I even if even if it was cl- cookie clicker it would still be upsetting but it'd be somewhat less upsetting to me um and so yeah, I kind of just went on a tangent of a, on a clicking game, uh, which I didn't really <laughs> want to, I didn't really want or expect to do, but I just did. And so yeah, uh, that is my name is Mayo. Uh, let's see, I also played Steep, the the beta of Steep. Um, Steep is a game the uh, U- Ubisoft. I keep calling them Ubisoft. Ubisoft announced at E3. Uh, that's coming out in December, which I didn't realize was coming out so soon. Uh, but it's basically like an extreme snow sports game. So I played the beta of that uh probably played it for maybe 10 minutes got tired of it super quickly um stopped playing um but i think that game that specific game is probably just not for me because i've had friends that have played that beta and have enjoyed it um a lot and kind of compared it to forza horizon 3 um which man i i guess i think that just means it's not for me because i didn't have fun with it um and so don't take from my word for for it that that specific game uh might not be good or anything because it, it, I think it, it's more me than the game. It's more my patience, I think. Um, have you heard of Steep or I have ha- you played I, Steep at all? I, I haven't played it. I got into the closed beta, but when I tried to redeem my closed beta code, it didn't, it wouldn't let me redeem it. It just said that this is invalid. And I had a con, I contacted Ubisoft and they were like, oh, sorry, we accidentally sent you a, a like a beta access code, but you weren't actually mm. supposed to get into it. I was just like, okay now i don't care so that's funny um steep kind of interested me um but i mean i loved so i i love extreme sports i love skateboarding i love snowboarding i love 
you know, I, um, oh, those are basically it. Um, <laughs> and I, I really do like the board sports, the skateboarding, the snowboarding. Uh, I've always wanted to try surfboarding, um, but I, I never got to when I was in Hawaii. Um, but I, I've always wanted to try that, and I've, I, and I've always enjoyed doing it. And so when I was a kid, I used to skate a lot. So I, I played Tony Hawk, and I played SSX, but my favorite one was SSX Tricky. Mainly because my favorite thing to do in Tony Hawk was to enable all the cheats and then just mm-hmm. do wild, crazy tricks. I don't like extreme sports games that are too grounded in reality. And I felt like my problem the initial time I saw Steep, and granted, I haven't played it, but from all the GIFs I've seen, all the coverage I've seen, all the videos I've seen, it looks, it's super realistic, which I think is really cool in terms of an engine and in terms of you know a technical marvel per se but for me it's not for me because when i play a sports game such as an extreme sports game i want to be amazing i want to do things that are not even nearly humanly possible and Mm. steep very much seems very grounded obviously it's not even that grounded in comparison i've seen people do stuff where they're like look i'll do a backflip through while threading the needle and i'm like yeah no no one would be able to do that they they're mm. they die but i think it really comes down to i it just for me the, the game didn't really appeal to me and then the whole issue with ubisoft but i do the same thing i call them ubisoft as well instead of ubisoft <laughs> um yeah it's i hard just to change yeah yeah it is um it's just not for me i will say this it looks cool it looks really good it's i can tell they're trying to shift their um their tangent i mean like everyone knows that ubisoft has been really kind of their name is akin to everything you know you you release a game half half finished right like the Mm -hmm. division um assassin's creed you know all these games are released half finished it was really cool to go into a beta and it feels so complete and so tight or at least from what i saw rather um mm-hmm. so that, that that was good to see i didn't see too many glitches so um yeah the, yeah. G- the game does seem it seems solid and, it's, and it looks good and i think I, I think i'm actually probably the exact same as you um is when i play one of these games i want it to be more extreme like i i loved uh ssx3 um on ps2 i, pl- I played the heck out of that uh, and yeah, like I, I love that game and I play that game every winter. And so I looked at steep and I was like, well, it's winter time. Um, I should be in the mood for steep. Let me try it out. Uh, and I just couldn't like, everything was too like granular. Uh, I don't even know if granular is the right word, but everything was just too like, I, I, I feel like I'm not having fun. I feel like it's too realistic in a sense. Like kind of like when you're playing like Grand Theft Auto or something, uh, and you're running in Grand Theft Auto but like you you're running like a real person and so like you're like man it's taking it's taking me forever to like get out of my house or like get to this car yeah. i feel the same way in steep um uh, which is it's it's a different thing cuz like grand theft auto is like my one of my favorite games uh for kind of those reasons but with steep i think when i think of a snowboarding game i just think of like let me go out there have fun experience like gaining air um uh doing crazy stuff and so yeah, that was kind of my experience with Steep. Uh, I've also played, and I'm work, I'm I'm talking about the games I played, right? And like probably the biggest release I played is Dishonored Two, um, and I'm working my way there. But before I get there, I want to talk about the other biggest release, which is Overwatch Arcade. Um, Overwatch Arcade. Are you a fan of Overwatch? First of all, 
I am. I love Overwatch. I just haven't had enough time to. I, I, I played a lot when it first came out in May, and then I played a lot during the summer, and then other games came out, and I really pulled my attention there. Um, but I love Overwatch. I think it is a superb game. I think it is an amazing game. It oh, is yeah. so well done. But that's Blizzard. I, I think if Blizzard touches, they're, they're like King Leonidas. They touch it, it turns to. Not Leonidas. Is it Leonidas? <laughs> I don't uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. It'll come to me late, later. I know exactly what you're talking he, about. Though. He, he, you know, he touches it, it turns to gold. That's Blizzard. They touch it, it turns to gold. It's amazing. It's so well done. It's, it's that the, I think what's really in, what, what really says um something about how good it is is it feels as good as Destiny feels as a shooter, but in a completely different way. Um, mm-hmm. and and King I Midas, was, by the way, huh? King Midas. King Midas. There we go. Yeah, Leonidas, Midas touch. Midas, eh. yeah. yeah, the Midas touch. Um, I just think that it it does it so well, and it creates this environment that is fun, that someone can just drop in and play, or someone who is extremely competitive can play, and they can both have equal amounts of fun and be playing mm-hmm. the same game but they'll play it entirely different ways and i think that that is something that blizzard always pulls off and i don't know how mm-hmm. so yeah I, I, I love overwatch yeah overwatch is amazing and like i'm i'm excited to uh that is the end of the year and that i get to make like game of the year lists and argue out like what the game of the year is because like overwatch for me like is such a game that that like if it was any other game it wouldn't even be it probably wouldn't even be on my list but since it's Overwatch and like over, it's so amazing. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's definitely like on the top there. Um, and I'm interested to like talk to Ian and talk to like Alex O'Neill and talk to di- different people. Um, and kind of see like what theirs are, um, what theirs are, what their what theirs are, and how, like how like Overwatch ranks. Um, Overwatch Arcade though, like, uh, I played it and man. I'm really enjoying it. And I've heard other people like not enjoy the things I'm enjoying as much. Like I'm really enjoying one enjoying 1v1. And I think I'm enjoying it so much is be, uh, because I don't play anything else in, in Overwatch 1v1. Um and what I mean by that actually cuz that, that I actually phrased that wrong. Um I won't jump into competitive or casual player or whatever um just by myself. If I'm going to play Overwatch, I I have to have people I know playing with me. Um otherwise it's not fun to me because I feel like uh, there won't be adequate communication. Um, I won't feel like there. I won't feel like my team has enough control. It's almost like throwing a dice and being like, okay, either I'm gonna win or I'm not, or I'm not, because I have five other people playing with me and have six other people playing against me. Um, and I have no control over these people at all, which is why I won't jump. I won't jump into quick play or or competitive uh, by myself. Uh, at least I have to have at least one other person. Um, preferably like two, three, four. Preferably a whole team, but um, just not by myself. And so. The 1v1 uh, part of Arcade really allows me to, like, enjoy the game uh, by myself, which is something I never get to do. And I think the way it's it's formatted is fun. The way they do it is they have, like, they randomize um, heroes, and basically both players go multiple rounds, and they they basically, like, the first first person to kill the other person wins um, each round. Um, and they give you both the same hero uh, to play, and so like it's basically like okay, they randomizes and then and then 
um, as is choosing whatever character both of you guys are going to play as, you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, hopefully it's somebody I play, right? For me, I'm like, hopefully it's either Reaper, Hanzo, Lucio, um, or it's somebody else I play, Farah, or something like that. Um, and if it's not, and if it ends up being, like, uh, I was going to say Torbjorn, but I also use Torbjorn. If it ends up being, like, uh, uh, Symmetra or somebody like that, uh, then then you're hoping, like, okay, hopefully this other person doesn't use Symmetra. Um, and hopefully <laughs> I can out-Symmetra their Symmetra. Um, and hopefully I can learn what buttons or what moves Symmetra has. Because, like, half the characters, I don't even know how they work. I don't even know what buttons do what. Um, and so when it lands on a character, I'm like, okay, I, what, what, do these, what do these things do? And it's a good opportunity to learn characters um, that you don't usually use. Uh, which has been like the biggest takeaway from one v one for me, and so I love one v one v one. I think everybody should try it at least once. Uh, I think it's a cool thing to do, and also you get experience, and also there's there's loot boxes for it. Yeah, there's also. I, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I I actually completely agree with what you're saying. I think that Blizzard did a great job of kind of forcing people into a situation where they have to use other characters so they have to mm-hmm. learn how to be a tank have to learn how to survive as a healer and how to actually get kills as a healer because my biggest complaint with people who are healers is either you get the hero healer who thinks that they're still a tank and just runs in i've seen so many mercy just run in and die and the, the first couple the first couple times it's somewhat comical because they just mm. fly in and then you're like, well, that went well. Yeah. Um, but after a while, it's just like, no, no, no. Can you not do that? Um, but it teaches you how to, you know, play the that character in a way that would be best for survival. Um, my only my only thing is that I, I wish that, you know, after you did it, like if you were playing the same person a certain number of times, the last round, because I think it's three rounds of three characters, right? Yeah. Or uh, for 1v1? Yeah. I think it's like it's like best i think it's like 10 rounds or something like that it's, it's a lot of rounds right it's a lot of rounds i can't remember but it's it's three characters i think regardless what i was gonna say is like the last round you got to choose your character that you wanted to be like so it gave you two that you were forced to play that were randomized and then uh-huh. the last round the randomized characters were grayed out and you got to choose one of the other ones because then you can mm-hmm. learn how to combat someone who's not that same character i don't know that's just my idea i don't know how it would work but i think that that's something that a lot of people who play overwatch need to learn i need to learn it a lot of people need to learn how do you use your character to either evade a situation or um take out you know said uh said opposing character so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. uh i like overwatch because it is like a, a tactical game uh, as far as so if like if they if they did work like some kind of mechanic where you choose your care choose a character or like have limited choices but then like you can't really choose that choice I think that'd be cool uh, because that does play into like the the team comp aspect of the game uh, and like the character the character select screen in Overwatch is so important I think and so like to work that in there uh, in more of a a way that that it's more present I think that'd be awesome uh, I also did the three v three which is really good. Uh, it's really fun. The, the only, my only complaint about these arcade modes is that there's only one map uh, for at least 1v1 and 3v3. I haven't tried the special 66 ones. It's, that that stuff is probably on whatever map. Um, but for, specifically for the 1v1 and 3v3 modes, there is one custom map that they made um, in Antarctica. And they made it smaller so that's more appropriate uh, for these smaller teams. Um, in 3v3 specifically, it's, it's deathmatch or elimination, I should say. And so you try to eliminate the three other players. 
Uh, and it is it's fun. Uh, I like that gameplay. Um, and I think it is it's it's weird though because like during every match, somebody always chooses uh uh what's his name Roadhog. Uh, somebody always chooses Roadhog, and then somebody always chooses um uh Sombra. But I think that's because she's a new character. Um, uh, but there are these there are always there are always consistent people uh characters that people choose, uh which is interesting. Uh, and I hope it changes as time goes on. Uh, but apart from that, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah. I've also been playing. Well, I'm going long in this segment. This is like the longest I've ever gone as far as far <laughs> no, as the it's, segment. It's so okay. I apologize. Can, can I jump in? One thing I just want to add about the the Overwatch Arcade: the fact that that update came with, and what they did is they changed uh, quick play. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually the opposite of you. I don't like playing with people in Overwatch. Really. No, um, I have this, I, and, and this is a terrible thing, but I don't like people for the most part. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm a, sol- way. I'm a solitary person. I like to just do my own thing. So I'm not a huge fan of playing with a lot of other people. And I'm really bad at communicating when I game, uh, mainly because my ADD, I have to focus on what I'm doing in a game. Otherwise I will just like lose focus so fast. So I love quick play, and especially for someone who's far more casual and is a drop-in, drop-out player for Overwatch, like, it's something I can do, like, if I'm working from home and I'm taking my lunch, quote-unquote, maybe I'll boot up my PS4 and play a quick match, because they're, they're really short, right? So I can drop in and drop out. One of my biggest complaints, though, was this was your traditional Overwatch match. Six Genjis. Four Hanzos. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, why? Why? We're going to lose. If you all are mm-hmm. Genji, we're going to lose. And so what I ended up, what I've really liked is they have switched to, you can't have duplicate characters like in competitive, mm-hmm. which I love because then, yes, right now it's everyone's racing to be Sombra, which for me is really unfortunate because Sombra is exactly the kind of player I've been looking for in my like attack so i can play every style right i can play Mm -hmm. attack i can play defense i can play tank i can play um healer and i have a character like i i like pharah i like torbjorn i like diva and i like uh lucio those are my and i like anna those are like Mm -hmm. my characters that i play i really enjoy sombra's play style as a, another attack oriented character i think her smg is really easy to use it's super accurate it's got a great damage range it's at the range that i play so it fits my play style um my friends have nicknamed me leroy jenkins because i uh-huh. i am that person they're like hey where's oh oh he's mm. gone oh he's dead like i'm just that kind of person so i'm not a good tank because I don't pull aggro well, I just die. Um, but I love I love attacking and I love that. So I just like how they've made it more they've made it more um, manageable to play quick play and not feel like you know you load into a game and you're you're like well we lost right like it, it gives it much more of a likelihood to succeed. That's I feel my, you. It's my my little blurb right there. Yeah, the funny thing, I haven't even played uh like any other mode except for arcade mode since I got in, and so like I don't even know like if they changed any of the balancing or any, or anything like that. Uh, but that's just how much 
Uh, I'm enjoying the new update, and I I need to play Sombra uh, because I don't think I, I don't think I've played her. Uh, uh, I I played against her, and every time I play against her, I get really annoyed and frustrated because I don't like. I it's not that I don't like her character uh, because I think she's cool and stuff. I just don't like fighting her. Like I I see her and then she just disappears and then she's just gone. I can't find her anymore. Uh, and that's like really frustrating for me. And I'm probably not gonna choose her because I feel like the characters I've already chosen um, are like the char- are just like the characters I use now. Uh, it's gonna be really hard for me to like learn a new character and feel like I'm doing as good. Um, but I think that that's almost that's basically the the nature of the game is that you have to like kind of start from scratch a little bit if you're choosing somebody new. Um, and so maybe one day I might, I might use Sombra. Uh, because I, she does seem useful as far as what I've seen in 3v3. Um, at least she's frustrating to fight against, so I can say that for sure. Um, other than that, I'm going to rush through the, the, my, the rest of my things um, just because I've been talking for so long. But uh, I watched Doctor Strange. I really liked it. One of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, I think uh, I'm not going to tell. If you want to know my thoughts on Doctor Strange, uh, we had a spoiler cast a few, uh, about an episode back. Uh, and so check that out. Uh, it's a it's a special okay beast presents presentation uh and so check that out also i played um hitman i'll talk about it more next week since it's not really timely um but so far i'm enjoying it dishonor 2 which is the big thing uh dishonor 2 have you played uh, dishonor 2 or are you any are you interested at all in dishonor 2 alex um i played dishonored i liked the concept of it I'm not good at stealth games. Um, I, have you seen the meme where it's like they told me they told me not to be seen, and so how can I be seen when no one's alive? And it's like Agent Forty <laughs> Agent Forty Seven sta- standing in like a pile of bodies. Like that's me in a stealth game. I'm like, I'm gonna get seen, so everyone's yeah. gonna die. That yeah. way I won't be seen. Um, so. Which is ironic because I'll get to it and why and and that's actually kind of the 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 antithesis of what I just said is part of the reason I love Watch Dogs too, which I'll get to later. Um, but I have a lot of respect for Dishonored. It's just not my type of game. That makes sense. Uh, and the way you just described, like the, that was actually the way that I was actually planning to play Dishonored two after a while. Uh, so when I first started playing Dishonored two, well, first of all, the the first Dishonored I played it, uh, I liked it. I don't know if I really loved it. Uh, but I mean, I beat it. And so I don't really, I don't really beat games that I don't love. And so I guess I kind of loved it, but I, it, it was frustrating uh, to me at times, but I think that's the point of, of the game. Uh, I think that's the point of like these kinds of games. Uh, uh, but Dishonored 2, I started it and I actually kind of hated it. I really couldn't stand it. I felt like mechanically, uh, I, it's, it's hard to like choke people out. You can't like, you can't knock people out. Um, or grab grab people and choke people out as easy uh as like a game like deus ex um where you can just knock somebody out by like walking up to them and pressing r3 or metal gear solid 5 um in this game you actually have to like be in a very like specific position in order to to grab people and choke them out and i really didn't like that and that was kind of ruining the game for me because that was getting me killed a lot. That was getting me, getting me discovered and then immediately killed because you do not have a lot of health in this game, uh, which is part of, part of what makes this game this game. Uh, and so I don't fault, fault it for that uh, because Deus Ex is the same way. Deus, Deus Ex is a very similar game to this game, uh, minus setting and story. Uh, but as I continue to play, I started to get the hang of it. And I'm really into stealth games. 
uh, they frustrate me, but I also really enjoy them when I do things right. And I kind of like the repetitive nature of them. And I kind of like the, the, that thing you do when you lose, but then you try to do a very specific thing over and over again. Um, and I like, I kind of like that loop in this game of like trying to do something, uh, getting caught or dying or whatever, starting over and trying to do that same thing. Uh, I feel like some, there's a special feeling of when you get it right. Um, and that's what I enjoy a lot about this game. Um, and also this game like opens up opportunities for things that, uh, to happen that don't really happen in, in many other games. Uh, and so right now I'm working on a video, uh, probably the next, um, okay. Wired episode on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash okay beast one day not yet uh because we don't have enough subscribers to have our own url uh but on the okay beast youtube right uh i'm working on a video about the genre of immersive sims sims uh which is like a low-key genre that i feel like probably not many people know about um and basically games like games like dishonored 2 games like deus ex games like even bioshock um in actually many like stealth games um and like thief and like they're they're very it's, these games kind of fit into this genre uh and basically what defines this genre is player choice um kind of an open nature when it comes to design uh specific kinds of enemy ai uh and basically uh kind of a an emphasis on immerse not immersive well, yeah, immersive, actually, uh, emergent gameplay. Um, and so, like, the combination of these games' features kind of build an immersive experience for the player, uh, not through just graphics or or sound or whatever, uh, but through the actual gameplay experience, uh, if that makes sense. And so I'm making a video about that. But through the things I just described, that's kind of what have turned Dishonored 2 around for me and, and, made, and turned me from hating the game to actually, like, really loving it. Um, and so like at first the game was hard. The first game was grueling. At first I was getting caught all the time and dying a lot. Um, I went, I looked at my stat page, how much I died within like the, in, within like the first seven hours, I think I died about 40 times, uh, which is a lot for me. Um, and probably a lot for anyone. Um, yeah, that's a lot for that. But game. <laughs> yeah, it's a real, it's really hard. I, di- I died a lot. Um, and I'm like, I'm like I only halfway through the game, but, uh, from learning the mechanics and kind of learning like, okay. The, en- the the enemies in this game aren't joking. They will see you. Um, and like, kind of like understanding the world and how it works, I've gotten a lot better. And so like I just completed a level uh, in maybe an hour and a half right before this podcast. And the first few levels in the game, it took me like maybe two, two, three hours each. Um, and so that's, that's, a, that's a sign that I'm getting better. And playing through that level... I, I totally dominated it and I have a, I have a let's play, uh, that's probably going to go up soon. Uh, I just need to edit it. Uh, but I, I, I get into this level and I immediately look around and immediately see somebody and immediately take them out. And my kind of progression through this level is very, uh, it's very smooth in a way that I feel like you don't see in many stealth games. And I think that's, that just comes from learning and I feel like the game teaches you uh it's very smart about teaching you to get familiar with the world and use the abilities you got uh to the best uh uh to the best of your ability I guess um 
And so yeah, to make to kind of sum it up, I'm really enjoying Sonic 2. I've been having really good experiences with it. Uh, there's a level called the Clockwork Mansion, uh, which everybody's talking about, but it's a really really cool level. Uh, basically, I won't spoil it because it's actually pretty cool. I feel like people should discover it themselves, but it's one of the coolest levels I've seen uh, this year uh, in a game. And so uh, I'll talk about it more next week. But Dishonored 2 is a really good game. Uh, just want to put, put that out there. Uh, if you're interested in it, or if you specifically if you like stealth games or are interested in stealth games. Uh, but yeah, that's enough about that. Uh, Alex, what have you been up to this week, finally? Uh, so I, uh, so my birthday was last Friday, and a little before it, my wife ended up buying me a, a, a few games, which I'm, I'm so stoked about. Like, it's, it's like the dream of any person who's a gamer and like your significant others like here's games for your birthday um so my wife got me um battlefield one watchdogs two uh and rise of the tomb raider i just nice. beat rise of the tomb raider and um you know take out all the things about you know it's a it's an uncharted clone um i agree with the people who say uncharted is a tomb raider clone and sure rise of the and the the 2013 reboot are a tomb raider or an uncharted clone but in all honesty all of them are indicative of indiana jones and mm-hmm. indiana jones is probably one of my favorite movie characters really? i i love i so i love history i love politics um so indiana jones was like i would watch indiana jones i i, I didn't watch uh, i believe temple of doom i've actually never seen that mainly because i've heard it has a lot of spiders in it and i'm like horrendously arachnophobic mm. um so I'll, I'll never watch that movie but i love indiana jones one and indiana indiana jones three i love them Question. did you did you play uncharted three yeah and you played it with like all the spiders and stuff oh yeah that was that was that was terrifying <laughs> terrifying <laughs> I just That's like crazy. basically closed my because I, I from what I remember the spiders is all the uh, are very uh, one they don't really look like spiders especially when you're far away from your screen uh, and two yeah. it was like a very like you just press forward and you go type of situation so I really wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. I was just like I was like there's a light at the end of that tunnel and I'm <laughs> running towards it oh yeah uh, pre- yeah okay that makes sense so just press forward as hard as you can yeah and as fast and just like hit every button possible that will get me out of this section um mm. but i love indiana jones and so any game that gives me that sense of wonder and amazement and discovery i'm like six feet under the ground with like i love it i i i just embrace it and and so in my opinion, I think it's unfair to couple the two together. Um, I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say that one is inspired by the other and one is inspired by that um, and that they steal from each other. But I think good games are like jazz. Um, and mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not someone who understands how jazz works, jazz music is all about taking someone else's rift, mixing it up a little and making it your own. Uh, and, and that's what makes jazz so cool is that a good jazz musician is you can hear they'll they'll start their their solo and i'm talking in terms of solos uh they'll start their solo and they'll put in aspects of people they admire things that they love and i think that good games and good creative works are a lot like jazz and are a lot like music and i think music is really the root of all art 
but that's a whole different conversation. Um, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I'd give it, if we were talking in a scale, I'd give it like six pineapples out of something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd give it a good score. I don't think it's a game of the year contender. I don't think and anyway it was. I think it was a very good game, though. It was a very well nice. well done game. Uh, I really so- want to play... I really want to play it because I I played the last one and I really enjoyed it. Uh, in something crazy, I actually like I I I really don't like the Uncharted games. Uh, I'm but aware of that. I, oh yeah, uh, and uh, a lot of a lot of people dislike you for it, but uh, that's just, I mean that's just the truth. Uh, but I really really enjoyed enjoyed um, Tomb Raider, uh, and I'm sure I'll enjoy the, this next one or not this next one, but I guess this latest one. Uh, I I think what did it for me though is the is the bow and arrow. I think that's why I, I like it. Oh um, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I run like the whole game with it. Yeah. Oh bow yeah, and arrow, dude, I love it completely. so much. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have you been up to? So um, I I've been playing Battlefield One. Love it. Um, I ended up playing. So Battlefield One, I got all the multiplayer trophies. So now I just get to very slowly go through the missions, go through the campaign get everything and then i've got the plat for that and i'm still playing multiplayer i just very much focus on getting those multiplayer trophies first while the servers were well populated and i had a chance um i i too saw doctor strange loved it um i call it um basically the mc escher of the marvel movies um <laughs> uh i've been watching westworld uh and That's so good and uh so to tail this off um so uh the game that i'm most anticipatory for is final fantasy 15 which comes out next tuesday and i shit you not i might start crying when i get that game because i've been waiting for it for (laughs) so long and i'm such a huge final fantasy fan so i ended up creating a japanese psn account not gonna say how but google it and it shows you how because uh, uh, little known fact that a lot of people apparently don't know is that every PS4 is region unlocked. So you can go create a PSN account for Japan and go and download demos for their games. Free demos. Nice. So I downloaded the Final Fantasy XV Judgment demo um, and I played it. Uh, it was completely in Japanese and I had to use my phone to translate every single thing and just like take pictures of like text on screen and like highlight it and it's just like that says these three words right like and so Mm. um but i just i really needed to know that i would at least enjoy it i played enough of it to play the combat a little see interactions with the characters turned it off deleted it i knew i was good i was like it was the longest 13 gigs i've ever downloaded to play for like 10 minutes and then just delete but like i had to have that realization i had to have that like security that i was going to love this going to love that game that might be my personal game of the year but objectively i don't think it's anywhere near going to be a game of the year contender um Mm -hmm. so i played that and then so obviously we're in the u.s we just went through a terrible election uh be it whoever even if hillary got elected it would have still been a terrible election one of the most volatile terrible um ugly gross detestable election cycles we have ever gone through um Mm -hmm. so to cheer myself up i started watching the west wing again 
The West Wing, in my opinion, is one of the greatest TV shows to ever exist. I call it the Gilmore Girls for poli-sci nerds because it's fast moving. I love Gilmore Girls too. My wife loves Gilmore Girls. Um, is she excited for the for it she, to come back? Yes, she is. I am too. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, but I, I like it because it's fast moving. It's intellectual. And it just it's just kind of hopeful nostalgia for me. I, I watched um, West Wing back in high school. I watched it a little in college. Never actually got to fully watch it because it was always it's always kind of these dip in in and out reruns. But finally, when it got into Netflix, I watched it all the way through once, and like it's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. So I re- mm. I started rewatching it just to like kind of bolster my spirits. I was kind of depressed from the election, um, and and that really helped. So. So that's that's really what I've been doing. But what I really wanted to uh, to say is I, I got Watch Dogs 2, and I love that game. And I love nice. that game in the weirdest way because it is just so cheesy but so great at the same time. Yeah, so that, that's basically what I've been playing and doing. Um, did, you, did you like the first Watch Dogs? So I played about 10 hours of it. Um, and, it, and and I'll, I'll acknowledge that game was crap for a lot of it, mm-hmm. but I loved what it was doing because I liked the Assassin's Creed games, but they just got tiring for me. Um, I played all the way up to Assassin's Creed three, and then I was doing a mission in three where I had to like escort Paul Revere, and I was riding with Paul Revere, and Paul Revere's horse literally fell through the world and then glitched the glitched the mission, so I couldn't continue. So I'd have to restart, but I was like 12 hours in. So I said, fuck it, mm. and ejected the disc, took it to GameStop, and traded it in. Nice. That's so probably I what I would have like, done. So I was like, no, no, no. So the, I was just like, this is this is just so bad. But what Watch Dogs was is it was a a modern Assassin's Creed. That's really what I believe it is. Uh, mm. And in, in the most non-negative way possible, I just think it's a it's it's – built in the same style in some ways i i just really enjoy it i think it's a cool concept um so yeah yeah i i, I liked i liked watch dogs one though i liked the idea of what it was and i think like most ubisoft games their second iteration is the one that you need to pay attention to nice awesome um uh, well let's then get get into our topics um our my first topic uh and we'll start with my topic and then we'll go to your topic uh, but my topic is simple. Uh, the Game Awards are happening, and I think they're happening like next week. They're happening very soon, uh, and the nominees are listed and they're out. And I wanted I wanted to see what our predictions are uh, for the Game Awards, um, and I won't really track them or anything because that's too much work. Uh, if somebody's listening and you want to track it for us and send us the results of how close we were, um, then go ahead. Uh, but uh, just for fun, I wanted to go through the nominees and all the nominations and like just see what we think uh, and and uh, what we think is going to happen. And so we'll start with the big one, uh, Game of the Year. Uh, it's an interesting list. Um, and so I think the, the cap uh, in terms of uh, how many nominees they can have is five. Uh, and the five they have down for Game of the Year are Doom, Inside, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, Uncharted Four, A Thief's End. Uh, now, before anything, what do you think of the five nominees that they have? I think they're all great. Sans Titanfall. 
I I feel the same way, but I actually I just got Titanfall in the mail uh, literally today, and it's right now installing on my PS4, and so I'm gonna play it just so I can feel confident in being like this doesn't belong here. Uh, oh, but, I've played it. I've played Titanfall. Oh yeah, I think it's a great game. It's a superb game. It is in no way a bad game, but it is not groundbreaking in the sense of what it does. Um, I wouldn't even put Battlefield or Call of Duty in that in that slot. I think it's something else entirely, and I don't know what that is. But I just don't think Titanfall is a game of the year contender. I think it is a great game, a well designed game. And I think EA needs to come out and publicly apologize for the way that they handled it. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Yeah. They did come out. They did. And I think we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago about how they did kind of put the game out there to die. Right. Uh, and that's why I'm excited to play it, too, because I, I feel like many people aren't giving this game a shot. Like, for example, I'm not giving this game too much of a shot by dismissing it before even playing it. But I'm going to play it and I'm going to formulate th- thoughts on it. Uh, but immediately looking at this list, I'm like... There is no way that, like, Titanfall 2 is, like, a better consideration for Game of the Year over The Witness. Um, and I know that's, like, a very, it's, that's that's a very, like, opinionated thing to say, right? Like, the, these are all games. These are all opinions. These, the, no, nobody can say objectively that, that this thing is better than this thing, especially with Titanfall 2 being a different genre uh, entirely than The Witness. Um now, before I get into it, have you played The Witness? I haven't, and I wanted to actually say one thing about The Witness, and I think the reason mm-hmm. that it would be very hard to add The Witness to a Game of the Year contender... Now, I, I have nothing against that game. I think it's brilliant. I'm terrible at puzzle games. Um, but what I see as impressive with The Witness in itself is what it did and what it's created in such a unique game, and it hit pretty it hit a marketably large mass of people but the thing is is it's still such a unique experience every time i've heard people talk about it they're like oh i tried it it wasn't for me or i loved it it's it's a very polarizing game it's you liked Mm -hmm. it or you didn't and whereas a lot of these games like i can go for doom and say i played it a little i it wasn't for me but I see exactly why that's a game of the year contender. You know, for Inside, 100% a game of the year contender. Overwatch, 100%. The reason I wouldn't say The Witness is because it's too much of a niche game, right? Mm -hmm. It's too much of a... Doom is a very broad spread. Doom, much akin to the original Doom, is pretty much the father of first-person shooters. Like, it is why we have... It's, in my opinion, why we have video games in the style and market that they are today but i i just Mm -hmm. i I don't understand the witness in that category i think if there was a game for best art game like a game as art truly as a piece of art i think the witness would have win that hands down but that's Mm -hmm. my own opinion i think that's fair Uh, i think the reason why i'm so i'm so adamant about the witness is because like playing that game uh, and playing through that game, that game is is probably the second best puzzle game I've ever played. Um, ever first one being uh, well, actually I guess third if I include Portal and Portal Two. Um, but and I I guess puzzle game is is I can't name that many puzzle games that that I'll put is like one of like the the great games uh, I've ever played. 
but the wit the witness i feel like not only did something for uh indie games because it was like an indie game and it was a 40 dollar indie game which is like a crazy thing uh but it also did something uh for games in general uh being that like it it kind of it it kind of one it was what it was um it wasn't like I think I don't know where I heard this quote, but I think somebody said that like when you look at Gears of War, right? Gears of War is a game about war and fighting aliens and stuff. But really, when you look at it, look at it like Gears of War is a game about hiding behind cover and popping out and shooting. Um, which I'm actually surprised Gears. I I don't know much about Gears Four, but I feel like it, that also might have beaten Titanfall too. Um, but I, I guess not. Uh, but like when you look at a ga- when you look at a game at like um Titanfall two. Like Titanfall Two looks like a game about like pair, pairing up with your giant robot and going out and and winning this war or whatever. But when you really look at it, it's about moving the right analog stick and like and sh- and shooting targets or whatever. Uh, meanwhile, the witness knows exactly what it's about and it doesn't try and like doesn't try and doesn't try and fake that. And it is it's it's very authentic in the way it presents itself. Uh, it's a game all about solving solving puzzles and the the way the way it structures itself i feel like is unlike anything i won't say it's unlike anything i've seen because i'm also going to work on a video in the future about how the witness is basically banjo kazooie um uh but it 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 teaches the player in a way that i've never seen um and it's very grueling in a way uh that i I, it, it surprises me um but yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that it, it is a very like niche thing. Like I don't know, I can't name many other people uh, that played The Witness and absolutely loved it. Um, but I can say that I I can say that everybody who has played The Witness and played through The Witness that I know of uh, has loved it, uh, minus Austin Walker. Uh, because I I listened to a podcast like the other day and Austin Walker was kind of hating on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my opinion on The Witness. I don't know if I can name that many other games where i'm like i'd put that over titanfall 2 i heard i've heard a lot of people love stardew valley um i don't know what else yeah uh, I, I honestly can't think of anything but i, I think the problem with it and part of my problem with the game awards is they, they they address all of 2016 but they happen in 2016 and i think the problem mm-hmm. with the game awards is they need to address all of 2016 or the year that they're addressing and then happen in i think the best time for the game awards would be january one it's a mm-hmm. lull period and marketers would love it because it's a basically a reason to sell to upsell the games that they are going to need to sell during the lull season i worked in retail for a number of years i know that january and february are the biggest months where companies will either report a loss or barely make a profit because it's all the holiday returns. It's all these things that affect their bottom line. And so those two those two months are so critical. And so putting the game awards in like the mid or end of January in you know the next year, one opens up an entire month that's being let let down. And and granted, yes, this December is pretty empty, but December is actually still a fairly decently filled month for the most part most mm-hmm. years and like the game awards they don't have they don't have the last guardian who knows that could be a great game right and granted yes hype will definitely stunt that game a little but final fantasy 15 you know 
uh, no, that got delayed. But regardless, there are there are games <laughs> that are going to be released, or for the most part, do get released in December. They're being Wait, Final excluded. Fantasy Fifteen is going to be on December, right? Uh, the the twenty ninth of November, pretty much December. Oh yeah yeah yeah, you're right yeah. So and that's that's what's that's what bugs me about the game awards. But other than that, I I really do think that you know at, at the current time like this 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 list is okay um mm-hmm. as for what you i mean what do you think is going to get game of the year because i think we may have the same thought on that well i think i will i will if it was me deciding i would choose overwatch and i think overwatch is well man that's actually a hard list because i, I played inside also and i could i could see it for inside but i think it'll be overwatch since overwatch not only like is a very solid uh very great game but also like has has probably the most buzz out of all these games but i think as far as what i think will actually get it i think it might i'm i think it might be uncharted 4 because i think uncharted 4 might be probably the most solid uh triple a experience um out of these games like overwatch is amazing stuff but overwatch i think i feel like released with like a couple things kind of missing um and uh, i think overwatch has some has some flaws in there um but as far as what i've heard other people say about uncharted 4 like uncharted 4 is pretty much like an all-around uh pretty solid experience and so that's my prediction i don't know if i'll be right or not though i think uncharted 4 is gonna win um and yeah? I, i've played every uncharted um i loved every uncharted uh i'm one of the rare people who thought three was better than two but that's because I actually don't believe Uncharted can be categorized in one, two, three, and four. I think Uncharted as itself is a game, is a story, mm-hmm. is an experience. So you can't take them. You can take them individually. But it's kind of like me and Star Wars. Like I don't just watch Star Wars Episode One. I watch Star Wars Episode or Episode Episode Four. I watch Episode Four, Five, and Six all in a row because that's mm-hmm. the arc that's what matters that's the story and each one of them is like a section of that story and i think the same thing goes with uncharted i think uncharted 4 the thieves at thieves end is one of the greatest games that's that's been made and i think mainly because to me storytelling is so important in a game and environmental storytelling and i really love that game and i think it's because i love so much of that journey and i love indiana jones like i said he's like kind of a childhood hero even though he's not real um Mm -hmm. so for me but i would have no issue with any of these other games getting game of the year overwatch inside doom they're all class act games they're all great games yeah i think it'll definitely be between uh overwatch and uncharted 4 and possibly inside because inside is a game that's pretty much as close as it is it can possibly be to being like a perfect game um it's a it's, have you played inside i actually haven't and i've tried to stay oh, as man. much in the dark as possible i got some um credit for my uh for my birthday from a friend and i'm gonna buy inside i was just like i was like what I, what am i waiting for to buy and, and like you brought it up and i read your thing i was like oh, that's what i gotta buy i gotta buy inside and so mm-hmm. i'm gonna pick that up just after this um on my ps4 and I'm going to download inside tonight and I'm going to try to play it tomorrow. Yeah. Like there, there's like, as far as what I know, there's like not one like flaw or kink in that game. Um, and that's because they worked on that game 
forever. I probably I think I think they said maybe around five years right. for four four years maybe I don't know. They worked on it for a long time, I think it's and it's five. a three hour game. Right. Yeah, like five years for a three hour game, and you can tell uh, because it is very like. Like not not one thing in that game. I'm like, oh, that's off, or oh, that's I don't know. Every everything in there is just like amazing. Now, like I think I I think in terms of how you uh, feel about like the story or like or what the game is about or and all that stuff, I feel like is a different thing. But as far as like gameplay and as far as like is is aesthetic in these things, I feel like man, it doesn't do it doesn't do one wrong thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm also sad that I almost, I'm also sad that Forza Horizon Three isn't on there, but I don't expect it to be on there. Um, but that's another game I played where I'm like that. That Forza Horizon Three to me is one of the best games of the year, um, and Ratchet and Clank. But that's also a game that I don't just, I don't expect to be on there. But that's another game where I'd, I'd be happy um, if it was on there. I can uh, understand, but, and I I actually agree with you. I think Ratchet and Clank mm-hmm. was a superb game this year. I think the only reason that it wasn't is because it's not even just it's not a remaster. It's 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 basically a remaster. It's not a new game. It's it's just a mm-hmm. remaster, and they changed some of the uh, the text and some of the lines in it, and, and made it more, I guess, modern in some ways. And, and, yeah, I I loved I mean, it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I played it. But I, I didn't complete it mainly because I played through Ratchet and Clank numerous times on the PS2, and I was just like, I, I can't do this like a fifth time. So, mm-hmm. but I, I loved it, and I loved what they did, and I think what it did was it showed people, you know, Insomniac really knows this system. They know, yeah. they understand it. So, that's actually that's that's actually very true, uh, because like the how true that game is to the original is so impressive um and that was actually i wrote a review uh like that was when i first started okay beast and i wrote a ratchet and clank review and i actually knocked it for like being a little bit too similar to the first one like the like the maps were the same maps it wasn't only like it wasn't only story which like actually the story deviated a bit um and it wasn't only gameplay or the weapons because actually those also deviated like just a little bit but like the maps were like the for a lot of the part, the exact same, which blew my mind and made it very eerie uh, while playing the game. Uh, but I'm more, so, I'm more so docked it because I was like, I was looking forward to like an, a playing a new Ratchet and Clank, and it was, yeah, like you said, like this, uh, the same. Um, but man, if it, if, if this was like the first Ratchet and Clank, and like the previous ones didn't exist, then this game, like the new one, would definitely be on this list. I, I, oh. I have no doubts about it. Oh, I completely um, agree there. I do. Yeah, I really do. Like it's 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 really good. Uh, best narrative. Uh, we have Firewatch, Inside, Mafia Three, Oxenfree, and Uncharted Four. Uh, what do you think? I personally think Uncharted Four is going to win. Here's the problem, though. I didn't play Firewatch. Um, it just I love the art style, but I had heard enough and heard unfortunately i got it spoiled before for me even before i could play it and i found mm. out and i was just like it's not worth 20 bucks to me it just it just wasn't i love the art but i bought the theme uh, and i've even um i'm trying to convince my wife to buy some of the art for our house <laughs> from um, nice. ollie uh, mm-hmm. who who uh did the art design for that game um but i think I think the what they were trying to do through the game was really cool, but honestly, I think the best narrative is Uncharted because I think 
as much as people there are a lot of people actually who think uncharted is not that great and i don't fault them for Mm. that to each their own and everyone's entitled to their opinion um but i don't think i don't know a single person who would say that the one thing naughty dog did wrong in uncharted was the narrative like they know how to tell a story and they know how to like like i will not even like try to fight anyone who says uncharted has the worst gunplay and i'm like that's true i'll go with that sign me up for another like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's relatively terrible there are times where i'm like no nate i did not want you to jump right there i in fact wanted you to shoot the shotgun into that guy's face instead of him you know okay all right Mm -hmm. well we'll do this again um but the story and what is actually being said is just so good and there's something so special about those games and for me it's just I, I really love those kind of stories. I love the old treasure hunter stories. I love that that kind of that kind of I guess um, I guess Indiana Jones esque adventures. Very pulp fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, not pulp fiction, the Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> the movie, yeah. Pulp fiction, as in pulp books that came out in the nineteen thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I think for me. I haven't I haven't played four of these games, right? The only game on this list I played is Inside, and I don't think it's gonna be Inside, uh, because well, I won't I won't spoil Inside, but I I feel like there isn't enough of an actual like s- narrative or ex- there's not there's not really an explicit or like I guess explicit is the only word I can use. There's not much of an explicit narrative um, in storytelling in the game. There there is, but it's not it's not really what that game's about. I don't feel. Um, I can see it being Firewatch, but also I've I've heard I didn't really have it spoiled for me, but I I I've heard things about how it ends and stuff, or uh, that doesn't really sound amazing. But also I I've heard people really really love that game. Um, I can see it being Uncharted Four. I'm my guess though is gonna be Mafia Three. Uh, because also I, I haven't played Mafia Three, but I've heard the way the game handles is it's narrative not only that but the way it handles its world is pretty awesome like i've heard very bad things about mafia 3's gameplay but as far as like the characters being like in a in a uh in a bad neighborhood and then calling out the cops and the cops not showing up and then like very subtle things like that that play around with setting and environment um i think that stuff uh will take it take it a long way because that's i feel i feel like that's the kind of thing that people are wanting more um, in games. Uh, and that is for like the narrative to bleed more in uh, to the gameplay and more into the way the story or the game works, um, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So, no, that, it does. Yeah. Uh, as far as best, best art direction, we have Abzu, Firewatch, Inside, Overwatch, and Uncharted 4. Man, Uncharted 4 is nominated for everything, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's going Man. to be. Although I don't agree with that. I need that. to play it. Um, I, I would. I honestly would. Um, even if you're not a huge Uncharted fan, if you've played the others, um, it's worth it just to get the closing of the story. I yeah, honestly That's what I want to do. I think that for art direction, I think Firewatch is going to win that one. I can see that. I can see that. I think... My, I'm going to guess Overwatch. Just because, like... That was that's that's one game uh where I saw the art direction, I was like kinda 
blown away, but like it was like I I was gradually blown away. Like the more I played it, the more I was like, wow, this game really knows what it's doing in the way it presents these characters. Like it's a it's a it's a Pixar movie with people shooting each other essentially, um, and I think that's really cool. Absu, I haven't played, but I've seen. It looks cool, uh, but I don't know if people think the game is all that great. Um, yeah, Firewatch looks cool. Inside looks cool, and I really like the art direction in Inside, but I don't know if it's mind-blowing or anything. Um, Uncharted 4 just has really amazing graphics, um, and so, yeah. Uh, and actually, I actually pre-ordered, or not pre-ordered, I ordered Uncharted 4, like, a couple weeks ago, and it just never came in the mail, and so, like, I had to, like, get a refund. Otherwise, I would have played it by now, um, and so I'm sad I haven't. Weird. Even though I'm not, a, even though I'm not a fan of the series, but I, I, I do want to close off because it's not horrible at all by any means. Like I, I, I think it does have like it has a great story, it has amazing characters and performances, and it has amazing uh, set pieces and it has amazing moments of like when you're like climbing a mountain and the camera just zooms out and shows you the scale uh, uh, of what you're climbing and thing, things like that. I feel like make that game great. Um, and those, that's, I think those are the best parts of that game. It's just the gameplay I can't get over. Um, but yeah. that's just a oh, personal thing. I totally get you on that. And I, I think they very much improved that in Uncharted 4. I think the gameplay is the best in that, but it still has its issues. Yeah, it's that's issues. what I've heard. That's why I want to play it because I, uh, my friend Alex Van Aken, who also, uh, I, th- I think he felt the same way as me about the first three Uncharted's, then he played Uncharted 4. Um, and he really dug it, and so I, I really want to play it to see. Maybe, maybe this will be the one. Uh, best music in sound design, we have Battlefield 1, uh, Doom, Inside, Res Infinite, and Thumper. So I think that this is going to be a hard one. I think because I, I... So for me, they're two different things, especially as someone who's really big into music. Uh, music mm-hmm. means the soundtrack... Um, the the games underscore how it's how the music carries along the game sound design is how does it sound so when someone drops a can does it sound like a can dropped right and Mm -hmm. they're two different things and so i think and and i've heard this from numerous people if you play battlefield one on like your tv your tv speakers you'll think it's an it's as good as anything else right it sounds decent Mm -hmm. you plug in a decent pair of headphones into your controller or into your computer and you play that it is phenomenal what they've done the way that they built this world audit in an auditory fashion is just phenomenal the 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 gunshots the the echo the the reverb it, it just you feel like you're there when you when you have headphones on it's something that's really weird on the flip side i think thumper actually is going to win this because mm-hmm. it's a rhythm music game that entirely relies on music interesting uh i actually agree with you that this i don't i don't like this uh uh this not a genre this category i don't like this category uh, because yeah, like best music and best sound design are two way different things, and that's all—it's almost insulting. Uh, but I mean, I'm not in the, I'm not a uh, developer, and so I won't get bent out of shape about it. But uh, yeah, I really wish they would separate those two because I think best sound design—I actually agree with you about what you said about Battlefield One, and I don't even like Battlefield One. 
uh, or actually I won't say I don't like Battlefield 1 because I haven't played Battlefield 1. I don't like Battlefield in general, but it does have, it does look amazing and it sounds amazing. And I watched Alex and Aiken play it during Extra Life and man, like being, sitting next to him and watching him play it on a 4K screen with great speakers and wow, like it, what was going on was kind of blowing my mind, especially because we played uh, Call of Duty right before that, and then we switched to this, and I was like, "Man, this is crazy! How good, how like, how much attention to detail this game has." And so I agree with you that I think Battlefield One has has probably the best sound design. I think it might also win uh, as far as music, because as far as what I know, I think it also has a pretty good soundtrack too. Uh, and the reason why why I would put it over Thumper and Res is because like of the nature of the category being best music and sound design. Uh, I think since Battlefield One probably nails it on both of those fronts, and Thumper is mostly nailing it on the music front, I think Battlefield One uh, might get it. Yeah, uh, I think so too. But I can see, I can see you going to any one of them. I don't, I don't know why Inside is on there, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I mean, sure, why not? Why not? Uh, best performance, and we can we can just skim through these ones real quickly so we can get to your topic. Uh, best for performance has. Uh, I'm just going to read the name of the characters because nobody knows who these people are except for Nolan North and Troy Baker. Uh, Lincoln Clay in Mafia 3, Delilah in, in Firewatch, Elena in Charted 4, Nathan Drake in Uncharted 4, Henry in Firewatch, um, or San, San Drake in Uncharted 4. So half of these are Uncharted 4, basically. Right. Um, do you have any predictions for this one? Um, personally, I think Nolan North is going to win it um, only because of nostalgia and just he does an amazing job. He really does. Um, but I think Elena in Uncharted 4 is the best done performance. Um, I, I think she sells the role so well. Awesome. Uh, games for Impact uh, is the next category. Uh, do you know... I'll, I'll read them first. Uh, 1979 Revolution Black Friday. Blockhood. Orwell. Sea Hero Quest. That Dragon Cancer. I know one of these games, which is That Dragon Cancer. Yeah. Um, are I, you familiar with... I, I've seen I, I watched the, the the kind of funny let's play of that dragon cancer and just that that ruined me <laughs> I was just yeah, a puddle it, yeah that game is really like sad yeah um and judging from what I know about that game I would probably give it to that game yeah. but I also don't know anything about the other games and so yeah. those other games could be better um best independent game which I'm very interested in um <clears throat> let's see firewatch hyperlight drifter inside stardew valley and the witness now that's that now that is a category that and that's probably like category the, that is probably the most like contested one i think like game of the year i i can see that going to one or two of those games uh this one i'm like it could be probably th- three of these games three or four of these games i'm looking at um i personally think i actually don't know I think it's going to be either either inside or the witness, but I honestly have no idea. Stardew Valley, a lot of people also love too. Yeah, that's the thing is you got to keep um, bring in the PC audience on this as well. And we, mm-hmm. I'm not a PC gamer. I don't, I don't know if you are, um, but I would honestly give it to the witness. Uh, I think inside, if it's going up for game of the year. I don't think that an indie game can't go up for game of the year. That's not what I'm saying, but I think that in a different i don't know there's something very special about the witness like i said like i think it's an amazing game 
Uh, but yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, it's so contested. I I can't really. Yeah. Uh, can I circle all of them and say yes, except for Firewatch? Firewatch <laughs> doesn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, like Hyperlight Drift. I haven't played Hyperlight Drifter, but I've heard amazing things things oh. about that one too. Yeah, I have too. Uh, I want to play that. I've heard it's like a Dark Souls um, pixel game. I haven't heard, uh, or I haven't played Stardew Valley, but like the people who love Stardew Valley, like absolutely love Star Stardew Valley, and so I can't count that one out at all. Uh, but I I've played both Inside and The Witness, and I don't even know which one I would put put as best independent game, let alone who who uh they would actually put. Um, like I'm making my list uh for game of the year right now, and I'm trying to figure out like which game to put higher between the witness and inside i had no idea because one of them inside again like i said before is the closest it can possibly get to like a perfect game like a perfectly designed game the witness i feel like is also that uh on like across like 40 hours as far as like as far as like making uh like the dark souls of puzzle games or making a puzzle game that's absolutely grueling but absolutely like rewarding and, and absolutely test like tests you um and does such a great job of being perfectly cryptic and creating like an environment that is perfect for discoverability. Um, and uh, some of the moments you have in that game are just are are just mind blowing. And if you get lost in the witness, like you might have to like take a week off uh, and just like get lost in it because it is like being in another world and and trying to like uncover secrets and peel things back in and kind of just be in this place uh, and so yeah i think it could be uh any one of those uh as far as best mobile slash handheld game there's clash royale fire emblem fates monster hunter Ge- monster hunter generations pokemon go and severed I've, i think i've only played pokemon go and that was a good two weeks that's it I think Pokemon Go is going to get it just because it's Pokemon Go and it changed the world for a good like month. Yeah. Um, I played Severed and I'd probably give it to Severed if I was doing this. Um, but I can easily see it going to Pokemon Go, even though like I, I still think Pokemon Go is like a bad, a bad game. It's terrible. But I think, yeah, it's, it's terrible, but it was, it's a phenomenon. Like it, it's people, people are still playing Pokemon Go that I see like on the bus and stuff. And it's crazy. Uh, best vr game do you have you played vr do you have vr i don't i don't have vr yet i want it but not yet i'm a very much a second gen new hardware person same here uh the nominees are batman arkham vr eve valkyrie job simulator res infinite and thumper i haven't played any of these games but i think it's probably gonna be job simulator from what i've heard people say about it um and yeah i don't know maybe eve valkyrie um uh, see, I I can't speak I can't speak authoritatively about any of this, but all these games, from what I've seen, they all look really cool. Like and Res Infinite is also another game where I'm like, I really want to play that in yeah. Thumper, and I've heard great things about Batman Arkham VR. Um, so it could, it could probably be any of those games. Uh, best action game, and let me scroll down to see how much we have left. We have okay, there's one. a lot of there, there's a lot left, and so I'm gonna skip. Um, actually. Are there any other categories you want to do? Because we can just stop here. Just looking. Um, yeah. I would say that it's... I think we're good here. I think we've gotten to the point. I mean, unless you want to talk about Trending Gamer. Um, uh, we could talk about Trending Gamer. Uh, because I think this one's a pretty good category. And so, for... Uh, the Trending Gamer is basically... Uh, 
whoever is like a, a notable influencer, um, online streamer or media personality. Um, the the ones they have listed are Angry Joe, who I love, uh, Boogie, which who a lot a lot of people love, Daniel Dwyer, who I really love, Jack Septicai, and Lyric. Uh, and Daniel Dwyer, uh, is my pick. Mine too. And I hope he wins because he's doing such important things. I also love Angry Joe, and so like I wouldn't be mad if he won. Uh, but I mean, Ang- Angry Joe has like however million subscribers. I don't know. Uh. And and not to say that he doesn't deserve the the award, but Daniel Dwyer like really deserves the award. Um, he's out there like making like essentially like these mini documentaries um, about different games. Um, and even I, from like what he's, oh, I think ahead. it's a disservice to call them mini documentaries. They are full fledged documentaries, and I I, mm-hmm. I just this guy's amazing. Yeah, like he's so talented. Uh, even even with his stuff uh, on Gamespot, like if you look at uh, go watch the point um on GameSpot. uh they are essentially like this uh it's essentially this weekly show where he basically goes into like these different topics um and talks about them for about seven minutes and he, he does such a great job on um, breaking these the, these things down and it's actually what my youtube series okay wired is based on and so check that out uh and check out no clip uh because yeah the videos he's doing on there too are amazing um uh but yeah do you have any other um opinions on that no, no, I we're on the same page there. I think that's everything. Sweet. Uh, yeah, we can go to your topic since we're we, we've been running pretty long. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we're, we've been running super long. Running uh, and so we'll get to your topic, then we'll rush through questions, and we'll call it a day. Okay, cool. Uh, no, no worries by me. But yeah, sorry, fans. Um, okay, so my topic. Um, so I I'd, I'd mentioned earlier that I was playing Watch Dogs two, and that I'd played Watch Dogs one. And so my topic is Watch Dogs 2 and the Redemption of the Terrible. Um, I like titles. I love making titles. Uh, my boss hates that I make titles for my slides at work because I give them the most outrageous names. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually be- feel that Watch Dogs 2 is one of the best about faces in video games in recent memory. Um, and a lot of people would say that that's, that's Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's Creed 1 wasn't that great. It was, it was an okay game. I was like, yes, Assassin's Creed 1 was an okay game. Watch Dogs 1, if you even like half loved that game, was a shit game. It was terrible. It was, mm-hmm. it, it, it was broken. It didn't, it, the, 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 the main character was just totally un. It was like literally playing through a game that was written in 2006. Like the guy was emo. He didn't like anyone. He just didn't have the charismatic push that you need from a main character unless you're playing an anti-hero or unless you're playing a game that doesn't have a, per- a prescribed story. Um, and that that made that game really hard, not to mention the fact that I would drive and my car would just fall through the world or I'd try hacking something even though I knew that I could do it because I had the skill to do it and I couldn't even start to hack something, right? But what I loved was the concept. To me, what I wanted was I wanted Assassin's Creed in the future and that wasn't running around stabbing people. That wasn't, you know, using using guns or anything. I wanted the concept of being a digital assassin, someone who would mm-hmm. who would use the internet and technology to to do their work um i'm a technophile i love technology 
I always want the latest and greatest. And um, because of that, this game really resonated with me. And so when I played the first one, I was deeply disappointed. I pushed through for like 10 hours and then I just was like, nope, I can't do this. This is bad. This is really bad. So when Watch Dogs 2 came and was was announced, I was really skeptical. I was incredibly skeptical. Um, and so I waited and I heard, you know, the reviews started coming in. People were like, this is good. This is really good. So I decided I'd take the leap. I bought the game or my wife, my wife bought the game for me. Um, and I love it. I think it is, it's not a game of the year contender. It's not even like, it's not even a 10 out of 10. It's a solid 8.5 out of 10, but it, it is so self-aware. It is aware of what it is doing now and it is well done. And something that I've really loved and, and maybe you've heard this is that I mean, everyone knows the Ubisoft formula where you go to this tower, you unlock a part of the map. The coolest thing about this game is the map is completely unlocked at the, the very start of the game. You get out of the tutorial mission and get out into the world for the very first time and you literally have everything on the map. You can fast travel, you can drive in a car or you can fast travel to a point. And that's great because sometimes you feel like driving and sometimes it's just like, okay, so here's this one thing. You have to get to the other side of the map. And you're like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to hit like 12 pedestrians on the way. I just don't feel like getting my cop level ran up or something like that. So I'm just going to fast travel there. Um, and it makes it, it and that, that helps so much. It alleviates this undue pressure to have to go do these menial tasks. And now if I'm exploring, I would go to those places no matter what those high up points and now there's like money sitting there what what it also does is aside from you know revitalize the map revitalize the ubisoft formula and make the game just it, it's generally better it's it's brighter it's lighter is it inf it encourages you as a player to play like the player character that you are so you play a guy named retro um, he's this super nerdy hacker and what it encourages from you is you can you can use a shotgun you can use a an smg you can use all these actual weapons but you start out with this handheld taser gun and i've only used that and hmm. that is in my opinion the best way to play that game because what i mainly do is i sit there and i hack and i'm sitting on my my computer in the game and i'm using my drone i'm using my you know i'm using my little like scooter roller thing and i'm using my drone i'm using the technology that's given to me to overcome the obstacles i'm distracting security guards i'm using a drone to pick up something rather than sneaking in there and doing it and it's just so much it's so much more fun that way um and what they've done is they've just kind of flipped it on its axis. They took this incredibly serious game and they flipped it and they said, you know what? No, we're going to have fun with this game. This game's going to be fun. It's going to be bright. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be beautiful. So something that I've enjoyed is it's challenged me because as we were talking earlier, I'm the person who literally walks into the room and it's like, don't be spotted. I'm like, they can't see me if they're dead. So... But in this game, I actually, because I feel like that doesn't fit the character, 
I don't go and I'm not pulling out my pistol and just shooting everyone. I'm methodically trying to go through and I'm having fun with it and it's really enjoyable. Um, hmm. I think that that's a really cool thing. And I think it really talks to player agency because a lot of people are like, well, I want choice in games. And I'm like, and, and I'm all for that. I, I want choice too. But what I want is I want the game to have me choose the way the game intended me to play it by mm-hmm. making the things the other ways that it gave me to play it feel foreign and wrong. I think that's a really cool concept that Watch Dogs 2 actually pulls off really well. The right way to play it is to play it as a non-lethal playthrough. But you can play it lethal, but the game makes it feel so out of character of that main character to go and just pull out an AK-47 and just mow people down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool thing, and I want to see that more. I hope we get more games that do that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my topic is just the fact that this game that went from something so terrible, like everyone agreed that Watch Dogs 1 was just bad to this actually really generally praised game. I think I, I really don't know if I've seen it before. Like people will say, well, you know, Titanfall 1 to Titanfall 2. And I was like, no, Titanfall 1 was actually looked on favorably. Just people were like, well, it should have a campaign. And that didn't really prove to be correct with Titanfall 2. But like, no one said the gunplay was bad. No one said the actual gameplay was bad. No one said mm. the, well, the story wasn't really there, right? Like, or Assassin's Creed 1, like I said. Or, you know, a lot of first iteration games to their second iteration. It's 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 predominantly known that the second game will, for the most part, be better because they can improve on it. They've already laid out the found work. They've built the engine. They've built the game. Now they can just mm. improve on it. The assets are already there. They can just make it better. Well, in this, they have the assets, and it just seemed like they scrapped them because the players move more consistently. They, they function better. They, 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 they react more like a human. I, I think it's this really cool sense where they've changed so much about the game, and it's made it so much better. Hmm. Dude, that's pretty awesome. I, I love uh, the fact that games are making that push towards being, uh, or having more player agency, like you said. Uh, and being more emergent that way. I heard a story uh, from Austin Walker of Waypoint uh, Vice, and he was talking about how he was playing Watch Dogs 2, and uh, he he was going through the game non-lethally, uh, and I believe that, like, he... Uh, there was, like, a guy on the street in, in the game that was, like, playing music or whatever, and he, he was given the option to dance, and so he started dancing to the music and stuff. And then, like, some, like, tech bro comes up, and it was like... Oh, these I can't stand the city. All these these people doing crazy things or whatever. Uh, uh, just like an NPC saying that. And so Austin then is like, okay, I'm. He then calls the police, uh, or not calls the police. I think he like puts a hit on him or something, um, <laughs> or whatever. Or maybe like, or maybe pegged him as like some kind of criminal or whatever. But so then the police will show up and do whatever, uh, just as like a way to get back at this guy. And then like he. Austin then like turns around or whatever, and then he hears like a like a thump, um, and he's like, "Oh, what was that?" And he turns around, and like he sees the dude who like he 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 uh, put the hit on or whatever, uh, like walking away into the crowd, and then he's like, "Oh, then where'd the thump come from?" And he turns and he sees like the uh, the police the police had like hit a random pedestrian and then just drove off, and then like he like he was like, "Oh, I 
get I, I guess this is a lesson not just not to mess with this kind of power in this in this way uh but cool thing cool things like that happening of like oh that was unexpected uh i feel like are, are very awesome like i was playing dishonor 2 uh once again and in this level the clockwork mansion right there's a bridge uh that's like over uh this water and you can pull a lever to like uh pretty much i stop i guess technically it's raising the bridge uh but there's like a cool animation to where like the bridge gradually just like disappears um so i was like cool well there's an enemy on the other side of the bridge that's way more powerful than me and so i baited them onto the bridge and then i uh pulled a lever to like let the bridge kind of gradually fall so that the enemy will fall and i was like oh dude i'm a genius the enemy was like oh okay this bridge is falling i'm just gonna walk faster towards you um and then like they reached my side before the bridge fully fell and i was like oh crap um I I then teleported to the other side of the bridge because that's in the, that's the thing you can do is you can teleport in this game. Um, and so quickly without thinking, I was like, okay, I'm going to teleport to the other other side so he won't be able to get me get to me. So I do that. Um, uh, he's then stuck on the other side and I'm on the other side of the bridge, and which the side that I was really originally trying to get to, and then everything just worked kind of worked out that way. Um, and it wasn't a game that was like, hey, do this, hey. We're gonna we're gonna make this an objective for you to do. We're gonna make this like a challenge. It was kind of a thing that just, that just happened, um, and I think it's so cool when games give you give or, or build a world that gives you the opportunity to have these moments uh, that are, are 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 made by the player uh, rather than the game. And I think Watch Dogs Two, uh, from what I've heard, seems to do that very well. And I'm really glad that um, uh, Ian, my co-host, played this game. Uh, so he could talk about it and stuff and so that he can like have it on in consideration for our game of the year list uh uh because i really want to play the game i just don't have the time and money uh right now uh because i've, I've been i've i've bought titanfall 2 and dishonored and hitman all in the same week um <laughs> but man i'm when I, when I finally do get to play that game because i really want to because i really didn't like the first one but this new one seems cool uh and the, the protagonist uh in the interactions the protagonist has uh, with other characters seem pretty cool um i'm really excited to get into it um hopefully i'll be able to get into it sooner sooner or rather than later uh but yeah it sounds it, it sounds dope uh, it sounds awesome um do you have anything else on watchdogs you wanted uh, to talk about or no not really and i, I know where they're Sweet. running a little long so uh yeah no i i just want to say i love the game and if you're if you're all skeptical give it a chance if you can pick it up at like a red box or something do that it's totally worth the three dollars to at least try it for mm-hmm. you know a, a weekend nice uh well let's get into your questions our first question comes from uh at zeranix on twitter that is fiona mckinnon or mckinnon i still don't know how to say her last name uh, fun fact, she helped us uh, during the Extra Life stream. She streamed for a couple hours uh, to help us break up the time. And so uh, shout out to her. Her question is, if you guys had to choose a game to remake, what would it be? And what would you change about it? Huh. huh. For me, it'd probably be Super Mario 64. Uh, and I probably wouldn't change. I, I, I'd want them to give it the Ratchet and Clank treatment of just like, just keep everything the same. But make everything actually. You know what? They did remake it. Never mind. They made they remade it on the on the DS. I forgot. Um, I thought but maybe they just I don't know. Maybe ported it to the DS. I didn't know if they remade it. But yeah, you, you might be right there. God. I think they did. I think they did things to it. Um, they added like new characters and like I'm, 
I'm sure they changed the world somehow, um, or the mechanics somehow, uh, uh, to attest to that. Man, I don't know, man. Maybe I. My second answer was gonna be Super Mario Three, but they definitely remade that uh, on the Super Nintendo, um, in Super Mario All Stars. And so, maybe all the games. Oh, Shadow Colossus. I want Shadow Colossus to be remade. Uh, you know what? Never mind. With the Last Guardian situation going on. <laughs> Never mind. Y'all can keep the last card, or y'all can keep Shadow Colossus. I don't know, honestly. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um. I'm kind of the same. I, I'm in the same boat. I'm also not a huge fan of remakes. Um. I. I wish that you know all consoles had backwards compatibility, so I could go back and play a game. Oh, that'd I be think, so great. I think that I, I'm very much of the belief that um whenever you look back on a game that you loved as a kid or you loved you know in your past for the most part if it's been over five or ten years you're generally looking at that game through rose tinted glasses you'll go back and play it and you're like whoa this was not as good as i thought it was and i think that that's something that we all do so when we say hey i want a remake i want a remaster like i want this game to be better i think if that game if that game was still good people would still be talking about it today. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, I think the only game that I could even come close to saying is um, Tales of Symphonia, which was on the GameCube. And I think it's one of mm-hmm. the best JRPGs of all time. Um, but I think that that game is per- it was made perfectly for the time it was in. I don't think it would... I don't think it would move well to a system like PS4 or Xbox One or pc nowadays they've re-released it and remastered it per se they've just upped the graphics and stuff but they, mm-hmm. they didn't remake it they didn't change the graphics because the graphics are so much a part of a tales game um mm-hmm. but yeah I, i'm not i'm not a huge fan of a of a remake um to be honest but it's that a great sense. question uh, it's just yeah <laughs> unfortunately probably <laughs> the wrong person to be asking <laughs> like the funny thing is like i keep going down a list of games in my mind of like oh okay but then maybe they can remake this but there's all all the games i just like a real, weird mouth things weird mouth thing all the games that i would want them to remake are like are games that have been remade and so like my mind was like okay maybe grand Theft auto san Andreas. but then grand Theft auto 5 is essentially like what they what it would be right um uh then i was like okay maybe tony hawk but they they did remake tony hawk and it sucked uh um had some other games but like yeah like all of all 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 the games that i feel like deserve a remake have probably already been remade at this point fine um i'll, I'll say one ssx tricky Ooh, that's a good one because we were talking they, did remake about... SS... they rebooted ssx but not tricky though no because Tricky's the they... one that's all sorts of like weird and obnoxious tricks and terrible music but so good I, I think that that would be the the remake I'd I'd ask for, and maybe that's just because we were talking about Steep earlier. But yeah, I, I would say. Did that, you that's um? It. Did you play SSX for the PS3? No, I didn't. I didn't. Good. It was bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was. It just wasn't <laughs> amazing. Uh, and I was gonna say Fuse Street, but they did they did that too. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, they remade everything that deserves it. I think. Uh. Donkey Kong 64. There you go. Ooh, that would uh, be a good one. Yeah, that would be fun. I would totally play that. I would buy a Switch for that. Uh, Jason Hales um, at HalesBells69, which is an amazing, amazing username. Uh, he asks, why Why is Ismahawk... No. 
sorry, he, I don't know if he's, if he's making typos or if I'm just reading this wrong. Why Ismahawk is totally awesome and deserves a dollar towards its Patreon. I think he's asking why is Ismahawk amazing. Um, you're familiar <laughs> with Ismahawk, right? Yeah, they're the people that did that Voltron versus, right? Versus Power Rangers, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ismahawk is dope. They're like, uh, they're YouTubers and they had like a, they had a Nightwing series that got canceled uh, because of copyright stuff. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, you should, if you're listening, definitely check out um, Ismahawk. Uh, they do really cool stuff. They have like a, I forgot what it's called, but they do a versus series uh, where they pin uh, two fictional characters against each other. And so stuff like Flash versus Quicks- Quicksilver um, or Arrow versus uh, the guy in the Avengers whose name I can never remember. Uh, uh crap, Hawkeye. I just, Hawkeye. I like yeah. it just like slipped my mind right as I was about to say it. Yeah. Uh so yeah, check it out. It's really that's really cool. Um Paul Warren emails in and asks, When, if ever, do you think achievements are bogus? Uh some multiplayer achievements are too much to ask. Um or some say sorry, some say multiplayer achievements are too much to, to ask. Um or the one time Nintendo actually had achievements uh, for Hyrule Warriors, um, it required the purchase purchase of an amiibo um, and all the DLC to complete the game. So, when do we think achievements are bogus? We talked a little bit about it earlier this episode. We we did we did. I I think that so long as a an achievement list or a or a trophy list um, covers the bases in in the sense of like you've got the story. And then if there is a multiplayer component, I think that multiplayer component should be something that you could achieve on your own with relative ease. Like, I really liked Battlefield 1's multiplayer trophies. It was get to rank 2 in every class. Um, And what that Mm -hmm. did is it made me good enough in all the classes. Like, now I understand how a medic plays. Now I understand how support plays. I understand how a scout plays, right? Like, it made me better at the game, so it forced me into that. And there was an achievement for reaching rank one in all of them. And then there was an achievement for ranking, uh, reaching rank two in each one of them. And I got an achievement for each one of those. Um, And that was, yeah, it was tedious at times because I I suck as a sniper in Battlefield because you actually have to like account for wind. And I'm like, no, no, just aim at their head and hit the button. Oh, that didn't work. They moved. Shit. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I, I like those kind of trophies and achievements i don't like the one where it's like be in the top one percent because i'm like no oh man i hate i there's one trophy in mortal kombat x that drove me insane and i i i think i quit the game actually because of this trophy i stopped playing the game almost forever pretty much forever actually uh and the trophy was play a ranked match and get 10 wins in a row and dude Man, the amount of time I put into getting that trophy and the fact that I never got that trophy breaks my heart because uh, ranked match is like it's like a it's like a time bomb where you don't know when it's going to explode. Like I'll get so far and then all of a sudden I'll just lose a match. And there have been times where I won nine matches and I lost my 10th match. Um, and that hurts so badly because it's so hard. Um, and like, I mean, yeah, like if you think about it in the context of like in ranked match, right, you're, you're getting ranked with people who are supposedly, like, your rank, right? And so, like, it's like a 50-50 chance if you're going to win this match or if you're going to lose this match. And basically, like, the, what the trophy is saying is, like, hey, flip a coin 10 times and get heads. Um, and that's a, that's a 50% chance each time. And, like, when you break that down, it's, like, 
I'm not going to do math today. <laughs> no. I'm not. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I there's an easy way of doing it, but I'm not going to do it right now. It, but like a five percent, point five percent. I don't know. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's it's, it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, and so, yeah. I'm. It, yeah. Trof- it, it, I think trophies. All right. Go ahead. I was going to say it's it, it's trophies like that that make me pissed off. It's trophies like where they're like where Nintendo's like, hey, go buy this achievement, but go buy this DLC and you'll get this achievement it's fine mm-hmm. if you buy dlc and those that dlc has achievements related to it but you should never actually have to buy a deal piece of dlc to complete the achievement list of a uh, of of a parent game yes yeah i definitely am not a fan of online achievements uh mainly because they put too much reliance on other people um and other people are never reliable uh, and so as much as you can remove that uh, from uh, uh, the context, uh, I think that makes for a better achievement list. Um, and as far as like DLC uh, and stuff like that, I think I haven't played much of Nintendo on like the Wii and stuff uh, and so or Wii U. And I don't so I don't know like how they deal with it. I know uh, PlayStation, they deal with like DLC trophies by not uh, sometimes there's new tro- there's new trophies, but it doesn't count towards like the platinum, which is usually what people uh care about um but you still do have to like complete those stuff to get um 100 percent uh it's so i i guess that kind of that kind of sucks uh i'm not a fan of that stuff especially because like with rocket league i 100 percented rocket league and now if you look at my trophy list right i still have the tr- i still have the platinum trophy but now it's like rocket league 54 percent because they've added so much content to the game um and like their upgrade their updates are free um and so uh, and I'm sure even if they weren't free, they'd still probably show up in my trophy uh, list uh, that I, I haven't 100%ed it. Uh, and so, yeah, that that stuff uh, kind of sucks. I think that I I don't care too much about it uh, is the thing. I feel like for someone who does care about trophies and cares about achievements, then it is a more of a big deal. Um, and I think it sucks. For me, since I don't care about them that much, um, then I don't I, – I'm I'm fine with uh, however they do it, but I do understand frustration that people may have, especially when it comes to DLC um, or the purchase of an amiibo um, or any of those things. And so uh, that about wraps things up uh, for the podcast. Um, once again, if you want to review us on iTunes, please do so because it helps the show, and also um, it'll get you a free Oceanhorn Steam code if you win the raffle um, that we do, and we will pick one person at random. Uh, to win this steam code uh so and it doesn't matter the rating you give us just as long as you give us one um call me maybe as long as you call me uh alex where can people find you uh or feel free to plug anything uh i know your 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 uh website or show um isn't up yet and it'll be up in january correct 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 um yeah. uh i'm gonna i'm gonna share the name of it it's called 16 bit era um Ooh, i like it yeah yeah cam came up <laughs> with that one uh so and, and we're just a uh games and i i guess very similar to okay beast we're a games and culture site uh we want to address games media culture all of that in general uh mm-hmm. you can find me uh on twitter at alex to the andrew um so that's a l e x t o t h e a n d r u um 
you can find me there. Keep an eye out there. And come January, you'll be able to see where to find and um, get information about 16-bit era. Nice. How 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 long ago did you change your Twitter? Was it like yesterday or something? Oh, no. I changed change- it right before this. I found out that you could. And I was like, oh, sweet. I'm going to change that. So Nice. Yeah. I, I was like, because I... <laughs> I tagged you in something yesterday, and I was like, I could have sworn you're still lost in thought. No, 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 yeah. Well, I, nice. I uh, hopefully it changed everything in Twitter. I'm sure Twitter's that smart. Hey, hey, if mm-hmm. I can do it on Twitter, Shuhei, PlayStation can figure out a way to do this. Actually, it's a oh, lot please, more complex. Please, at PSX. I hear I've, there have been rumors that, like, developers have been in – or Sony has been, like, uh, communicating with developers to, like, uh, uh, kind of change up the way that they read – uh their usernames and so like the way and I, i'm not i'm not at all like a programmer or a developer and so i'm I'm gonna butcher my explanation of it uh but the way like people have been theorizing that they're gonna do it is since like the idea is that the the our playstation usernames um are basically like what ties our account like what like what well, I, I can explain this because this is actually what oh, yeah. I do for a living. I'm, I'm, I work in, I, I'm a data analyst. So, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So what happens is in, in a database, in any database, you have an access key um, that basically associates a line, an individual line with um, the data that's in it. So a lot of the times that allows for if the, you know, so if, if the line is one and the item in the line is five, that item could change to four, but in the database, because it's a single entity that doesn't, the line shouldn't change. Even if that five turns to a four, that's still database line one. Well, from my understanding and my inference, and again, I'm not a Sony engineer. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what Sony did. My understanding of what they probably did is that they aligned their access key to the actual name. And that's the issue because the access key can't be changed. So a lot of databases allow you to choose what you want your access key to be because it's the thing that can't change. So mm-hmm. Sony probably made it your PSN ID, whereas I know I've, I've, I'm fairly aware because you can change on Xbox. That's probably a you know, 10, 12 digit number that is masked over with a handle. Yeah. And so, like, basically, the idea of of what they'll probably do to remedy that is basically create another box, which will then be your username. And like, with an update or something, they'll um, implement it in a way where your account key, which is probably your current PSN ID, will be copied to that new box, which will then be malleable. Meanwhile, your your um your key will still kind of stay the same but it will be like behind the scenes of you not uh you it won't really matter much to you um but right. that's just a rumor I, I don't i don't know if that is actually how they're gonna do it or if they're gonna do it i really hope they do because i want to definitely change my name to something that people can ad- identify me by uh and so uh please shuhei yoshida uh do your thing uh but for the rest of you guys that aren't Shuhei Yoshida, uh, let me remind you that the OK Beast podcast is a gaming and nerd culture centric show where a couple of friends come together and talk about what's going on in our world. Uh, we are the official podcast of OKBeast.com, 
If you like the show, uh, make sure to subscribe to us on your streaming service of choice. Visit OKBeast.com and follow at OKBeastNow on Twitter. Um, I have been blessing Adeoye. I have lost my voice at this point. Uh, I've been joined by Alex. Uh, This has been episode 18. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.